Okay, let me jump in the message today. Feel this in my bones. First Chronicles, we'll be looking at chapter 13. A couple of verses, beginning of verse 13. Thank you, Lord. Would you bow your head just for a moment? We welcome your presence in this house. Thank you that you even show up, but you not only are willing to every Sunday, but you long to. You long to. And Lord, we are here available. And we need you. Church, would you pray this? Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name. The verse says, begins with, he, talking about David, did not take the ark to be with him in the city of David. And you'll find out in a moment, this is what he wanted to do. There's a reason why at this particular text, during this time of this text, that he couldn't, that he didn't. But he did not take the ark to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Verse 14, the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in his house for three months. Not a long time, three months. Three months go by like that. And the Lord blessed his household and everything he had. So this is not just a a, a trickle of a blessing that after about three months you look back, oh, the water bill went down. Oh, we saved a few dollars on a light bill. You know, at three months, it's not something that, that you wouldn't, unless the blessings were huge, you really don't notice little things. That's what I'm saying. It's not enough time to notice little things, little blessings. And God does little blessings. Aren't you thankful for those? The Bible doesn't tell us what the blessings were, but they were large enough blessings that it says he and his household, that God blessed everything. Would you say everything? Everything. Man, don't you want God to bless everything in your house? Would you raise your hand and just ask him, Lord, bless everything in my house, everything. My marriage, my kid, my kids, my job, even my dog. Bless Bless them, bless them, in Jesus' name. I want to talk to you for a few moments. The Holy Spirit is going to speak to us today about the place of blessings, the place of blessings. Everybody likes blessings. If you don't like to be blessed, you can pass yours to me. I like blessings, don't you? And a blessing is something that's given to someone that is beneficial to them. Some things that people call a blessing really ain't a blessing at all, is it? But these are blessings that's beneficial. You can recognize them. And Obed-Edom and everybody else recognized that there was a blessing on his house because of the presence of God. It blessed 
everything, just a few things, not just some coincidental things. It was obvious. Scripture records it. David knew it. We see that in the story if you read the whole story. David knew that Obed-Edom's house was blessed. Everything was blessed. And it's important for you and I to know that God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your house. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless everything. Everything. And the blessings of God come by the way of the cross of Christ. Aren't you thankful that that's the greatest blessing of all? That Jesus paid the price for our sins and for us to have a new life in him. That is the greatest miracle. It comes through the cross of Christ and the resurrected king, our king, who's coming back for us. And the Bible says he'll, he'll have rewards with him when he comes. And it's administered, God's blessing is administered by the Holy Spirit to you and I. How many of you can say, I know, I can tell you the blessings of God on my life. I can tell you. I can tell you where they are. I can point to them. They're not coincidental. They're God's blessings. I won't be able to take time to really get into the significance of the ark of God, but it, the ark of God was the place in the tabernacle where the presence of God would descend. It was in the holy of holies behind a curtain. And only the priest could go there. But the ark of God was very important. It was where God's presence would descend when he wanted to visit the Israelites. And the Israelites would take the ark with them in battle. And because they had the ark, symbolic of God's presence, the, the, the place of God's presence with them, they were victorious in battle. They had provision that they needed. They had direction. When God wanted them to move, he would give instructions for his ark to move. And when the ark began to move, he told the people, you read, you follow the ark. You follow the cloud. My presence is what, let, his presence is what led them. So the, the ark of God, the ark of his presence, is also called the ark of his covenant, was so important to the Israelites but because of their sin and rebellion, the ark was taken from them by the Philistines, their enemy. So I'm setting you up to get back to where our text is. If the Philistines took the ark of God's presence when they defeated Saul, who was the king of Israel at that time, killed his sons. It was a bad day, a bad time for the Israelites. Not only was their king murdered, they lost the battle, but the very presence of God was taken from them. Now, if you'll have to go back and read the whole story. It's very interesting. The Philistines couldn't keep the presence of God because it brought judgment on them. They tried to set the presence up in one of their temples, the temple of Dagon, Dagon, excuse me, a, 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 a idol that they worshiped. And the presence of God brought, brought havoc and destroyed their idol. You'll have to go back and read it. It's just amazing. They ended up having uh, sores on them 
things begin to happen in their land because they tried to hold the presence of God without being a worshiper of God. And the Philistines said, come and get it. They sent it away from them. They didn't want this thing that was so precious, the presence of God. And I say that part of the story just to, just to let us know that when God's presence shows up, there will either be judgment or blessings. Something's going to happen. When God's presence shows up, there will either be judgment in your house or blessings in your house. Now, the good news for me and you, Pastor, that's, that's tough. You're trying to, we're talking about God's presence, but you're talking about judgment. Oh, it's wonderful for me and you. On this side of the cross, before we step into eternity, we're in a season of grace. So when God's presence shows up, and should there need to be judgment, it's because he loves us. And he wants to remove those things that are harmful that will keep us from worshiping him. Why? Because he wants to bless us. He wants us to have life in him. So God's judgment is wonderful. It comes in the form of conviction. It, yes, it even comes in the form of punishment, but it's always motivated by his love. Why? Because he wants to bless you. He doesn't want anything to come between us and him. So very important. They, the Philistines got rid of the ark of God and it came back to Israel. It went to a land called Kareth Jerem. I know, I know I'm not pronouncing that right. That's the southern translation of that. And David realized we need the ark back in the city of Jerusalem. And David wanted the ark of the presence. He knew its importance. And he wanted it back with him. So he set out to bring the ark back to the city of David. But he didn't do it God's way. Maybe he was just so excited. Maybe in the moment he said, yeah, we can get... We can get some guys and we'll just go get that thing. Who's got a truck? They didn't use a the truck. They used a the cart with some oxen. And they put the Ark of Covenant, of the Covenant, the Ark of God's presence, this, this most holy box, if you will, in the back of a cart. And they're bringing it to the city of David. There's much rejoicing, much fanfare. But the oxen stumbled, the Bible says, so apparently the ark, they were concerned about the ark coming out of the cart. And a man named Uzzah reached out to steady the ark, touched it with his hand, and he was killed. We must worship the Lord the way he says. In other words, he's got a way. And when we do it his way, we're blessed. When we don't, there's judgment. David at that moment realized, oh, I'm doing this wrong. God is holy, and I'm treating it as an unholy thing. So this is how the ark ended up at Obed-Edom's house. I don't know why. The Bible doesn't tell us why he chose Obed-Edom. Maybe it, it was a thought of, well, you know, I don't like that guy anyway. Let's just take it over to his house. Because David had to figure out how to get the ark back. He had to go back and do it. He realized, I got to do it God's way. Let me figure out what that is. Whatever reason, 
the ark ended up at Obed-Edom's house, and for whatever reason, Obed-Edom said, yes, bring it to my house. And there, the blessings begin to flow. The Bible doesn't say a lot about Obed-Edom. I'll mention the two accounts about him. That is the first account. This is the first time we hear of him, that he welcomes the presence into his house. And he had the results from it. Like I said, God wants to bless you. Let me give you three ways God wants to bless you as his children. The first way God blesses is through the hands of man. Through the hands of man. When God wants to bless you, he can cause you to have favor with people that has the resources to bless you. The blessings may come through their hands, but it is because of God's plans. Did you know the Bible says of Jesus that he grew in statue and favor with God and with man? That there is a favor that God can put on your life that will cause others just to bless you. When Nick was young, God taught me about favor. Uh, he was probably about seven or eight years old. I've shared this story. Some of you will be familiar with it. But he was about seven or eight years old, and I'm, I can tell you, I'm riding. I'm go, I know exactly where I am. I'm on 20, Interstate 20, and Nick is with me, I believe. I'm not sure of that. But I heard God tell me in my spirit that on Nick, on you, he said, on you, I have favor. On Nick, I have extreme favor. Now, when God tells you something about your kids that's wonderful, isn't that good? And I was just so blessed by that. God, I'm thankful for favor on my life, but I'm so glad that you look after my child too. And after God said extreme favor on him, I began to notice after that that we would go into uh, even fast food places and they would see him and they would just give him stuff. Oh, baby, you want a cookie? Come on over here. When have you ever been to a fast food restaurant where they give your child a cookie? And, but it was more than that. It was just I began to notice that wherever he went, somebody had something for him. They just blessed him. I was like, wow, that's God, thank you for that. Now, of course, I'm not telling him that, but we're just observing that. And so much so that what really stands out to me, we, we go to, to Jackson to an area that's just not really great uh, desirable where you sort of wonder, are you going to make it out alive? And I had to go over there for a reason. And we had to go to a store, and, and um, there is stopped by a store, and out on the front, there's a, there's a uh, I, I don't know if you would, uh, he looked homeless. I don't know. He just looked like maybe a, the old terminology, a wino. He was sort of staggering a little bit, you know. And I thought, okay, this guy's going to ask me some money for some money. I know it. He's, he needs another drink because he's standing out front just sort of, you know. And I'm prepared. I was like, okay, I'm not going to give him money to go buy a drink. I'll give him some money for food. So, I, you know, you, how you think, you know, get yourself prepared. And I have Nick with me. I'm like, man, what am I doing? I'm bringing my child in this area. And so we walk in, walk up to the store, and um, the man starts a conversation. I was like, okay, here it goes. And he says this. He says, hey, little man, talking to Nick. Hey, little man, who says this man ain't got no money? And he took out money and gave it to Nick. 
Now, I can't remember how it was. It was a few dollars, though. It was, more, it was, it was enough to buy him another drink. I thought, that, that's the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen, that a wino is giving away money. And I thought, okay, yeah, God, it was during the season where God was really showing me favor on Nick. And we go in, and we get whatever we want. I thought, that's really weird. He's going to ask for that money back when we go outside. And uh, so we go back outside, and he saw Nick again, and he said the exact same thing. Who said this little man ain't got no money? And pulled out some more money and gave it to Nick. And that's just my story. And I've seen that favor on him. Parents, don't we want favor like that on all of our kids? And God wants to do that. God wants to favor your house. He wants blessings to flow on you, on everything that you have. And serving the Lord, the blessing increases on your children and on the grandchildren. This is just God's promise to us that when we follow him, that the blessing is passed down to generations to come. And God, you understand, God knows how to put people in the path that will bless you. God knows how to put people in the path that will bless your children. He blesses you through the hands of man. Luke 6 says this, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, measure pressed down and shaken together and running over. Would you read this with me? Shall men give into your bosom or to your lap? That God wants, he'll give you favor with men. Favor with people that knows how to bless you so you can do the things that God wants you to do. Another way God blesses is through the work of your own hands. Through the work of your own hands. Yes, God wants us to be productive with our own hands. Some people don't read the book of Job because it looks too much like a job. <laughs> yes, Jesus. The work of your own hands. When you put God first in your life, he will bless the work of your own hands. He will give you the ability that you need to be successful to do what he wants you to do. If you give him the glory, he will make you prosperous and successful. Every young person, if you don't listen to anything else in this message, please write that down. If you put him first, he will make you prosperous and successful. If you do it his way, he's got plans already set aside for you. The Bible says it's not plans to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. It's a plan of blessings. And he will make you prosperous. If you put him first, you do what you know to do and leave the results up to him. You'll be surprised at all he'll do for you. Deuteronomy 28 says this, the Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall only go up and not down. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, be careful to do them. Yes, that was for the Israelites, but that's also for the children of God. 
Now, you can claim that promise for yourself that God will bless the work of your hands when you do it his way and you put him first. God wants us to do what we can do, and then he will bless the work of our hands beyond what we could ever do. Amen? How many of you can attest to that? I know I can. The third way God blesses is through the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit. God is the one who blesses because of Jesus. He made it possible, and he sent the Holy Spirit to deliver his blessings to us. Ephesians 1, 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. See that past tense? It's already, it's already done. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And spiritual blessings have a way of finding themselves on earth. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow uh, due to change. So the blessings of the Holy Spirit are real blessings. These are the true blessings, amen? The spiritual blessings that he gives us. There's nothing Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet loses his own soul? There's nothing that you could give in exchange for your soul. There's no amount. The world, the value of the world does not compare with your own soul. To have salvation is the greatest blessing that you can receive. It's beyond anything the world can give you. And with salvation, it's more than just forgiveness of sins. It is wholeness in Christ. God wants you whole completely in him, delivered from every work of the enemy, completely blessed in him, everything blessed. Joy, peace, love, is there anything greater than those things? We all probably know someone who has everything the world would say, world would say is a blessing, is successful, but they're miserable, stressed out, taking anxiety pills, cannot sleep at night. And God doesn't mind you having material things, but you first better have those spiritual blessings. They, they're so much better than anything the world can give you. And when the Bible says the blessing of the Lord adds wealth, uh, brings wealth and adds no trouble to it. I want wealth without trouble. What about you? Man, I don't mind. I don't mind receiving money and things from the Lord but I don't want no trouble to go with it. That's the reason why I'm going to do it God's way. Amen? Everybody okay today? Anybody want to be blessed today? And there's a place of blessings. And I want every blessing God has for me. I don't want to miss out on anything. I don't want to get to heaven and look at a storeroom of blessings that God could have given me if I'd only believed, if I had only done it his way. If I, if I had only trusted him, I don't want to see nothing. I don't want a storehouse in heaven, amen? I want to receive them right now where I can use them, don't you? So like Obed-Edom, God wants to bless you and everything you have. But there are some requirements. Let's look at them. Some things that you do. <clears throat> How to make a place for blessings. The first one is this. You must welcome God's presence. Would you hand me that water, darling? Welcome God's presence. This begins, thank you, this begins at salvation. 
when we accept Jesus as our Savior and Lord. He must be both. He must be our Savior and he must be our Lord. Savior means he's forgiven us. He saved us from the works of the enemy. He's forgiven us. Lord means boss, that he is my Lord. He directs my life, and I follow him. So when we do that, excuse me, when we do that, we welcome his presence to do what he wants to in our heart. And his presence comes at salvation. When you commit your life to Christ, it's so much different. It's not just a one-time prayer, we understand. It's a relationship that is fostered by the, by the very presence of God in your life. That God moves in. For in the Old Testament, with Obed-Edom, with the Israelites, there was the ark of God's presence. It, it was symbolic of God's presence. It's where his presence would come. But because of Christ, now his presence comes inside of you and me. The very presence of God comes inside of us, and he makes us holy unto him. We become the temple of the Lord, of the living presence of God. 1 Corinthians says that. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. That now what the ark was to them in the Old Testament, a welcoming heart, a heart devoted to the Lord, is now to the, for us in, in, in this great season of grace. That the very presence, the holy presence of God, the, the, the presence, the ark, where Uzzah touched and it was so holy that he died, now comes inside of me and you and lives inside of us. That we are declared a temple unto the Lord, a temple of God. Aren't you thankful for that? Well, pastor, I sure don't feel holy. I'm so glad it's not about our feelings, aren't you? That it comes with our salvation, that we have God's presence living in us. When we welcome him to come, into our lives. The ark of God was the place where God would dwell with his presence, but because of Christ, we can become the place where his presence dwells. And when you welcome him, he will cause the blessings to flow in your life. Let me give you another thing that Obed-Edom did and which we need to do to make room, make a place for his blessings. That is the second thing. Make room for God's presence. Now, when he comes in, he doesn't go to the guest room. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't go, hey, can you wait back there? We got a little place for you in the corner. He doesn't go back into the, the closet area where you got everything stuffed. The junk room, he don't want to be in your junk room. Everybody got a junk room right in the house where you stick things that, I don't want you right now, but I may need you later on. And that's what... Many do with the presence of the Lord. I don't want you right now, but I may need you later on. It's okay if I preach a little bit, ain't it? He don't go to the guest room, hey, come out when I, when I need you. Stay right there when I don't. He comes to the master suite. He takes over. He comes to the place of, of priority, and that's the only place he will remain. So when you 
If you want him in your life, and we do, we make room for him. He comes to rearrange some things. He may want to move the couch to that wall. He may have you move it again. <laughs> Does any guy know what I'm talking about? We just moved, and man, that couch got moved all over that living room. The Holy Spirit works through Patty that way. <laughs> and I do what she says. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit comes to rearrange some stuff in our house. He said, no, nope, that won't work there. What are you doing with this piece of junk in your house? This raggedy thing, why have you accepted it in your house? That needs to go. Why are you allowing this clutter in your house? It's getting in your way with the relationship with your father. That needs to go. You need to clean it up a little bit. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Aren't you so thankful that he's not judging you, making you feel bad? He wants you to have a close relationship with your father. And he wants the blessing to remain on your house, to be in your house and remain on you, your kids, your marriage, everything. So you got to make room for him. You got to do what he says. And you're so glad when he begins to bring in some things that he says, oh, you need these things. Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He said, I want to bring these things into your house. I want to bring these things into your life, into your marriage. I want your kids to know how your house should be a refuge and how they can feel your presence. So he rearranges some things, but you got to make room for him. The third thing, which Obed-Edom did, you have to honor God's presence. You honor his presence. God is holy, and he is to be honored. He will not stay where he is not honored. And when we honor him above everything else, it affects everything about us. It affects the way we talk. It affects the way places that we go. It affects the, the conversations that we entertain. It affects the entertainment that we allow our eyes to see. When we understand that he is with us and whatever we do, we're asking him to participate with us. It affects you when you understand. And apparently Obed-Edom honored God's presence in that way. I didn't read this in the story. Like I said, the story is amazing. But this is not the first place that the ark ended up in the first house. There was a house before this. And I believe it was of, of a priestly line, a lineage, someone that was in the priestly line, a Levite. And the Bible doesn't say that there was a blessing on that house. As a matter of fact, the young man that died trying to steady the ark 
was the son of the man's house that the presence came from. See, I think that's very significant to me and you because we can get so familiar to the things of the Lord that we quit honoring him. And we treat it as just a a thing, just something that we do. Yeah, we we go to church, we, we, we honor God, we go to church, but we don't honor him in our heart. We don't understand the privilege it is to even be able to speak the name of Jesus. How great it is. We forget where we came from, don't we? We lose the honor for him. You could also say the fear of the Lord. That things that we ask him to participate in is not honoring to him. I just want to tell you something, just as a matter of prayer, just be praying for them. But you know, they've been doing some things lately. And I mean, they, I would never have done that when I was. And, and we do not honor God in our conversations, do we, Thomas? We don't honor God in the things that we entertain in our thoughts. And the Holy Spirit wants to help us. This is not to bring judgment. If it's judgment, it's conviction, and it's to bring us closer to the Lord. Amen? But not condemnation. And the Lord wants us to treat holy. We have the presence of God in us. Let's honor him as holy. When we do, it affects everything about us. It's not being better than, it's knowing better than. See, I've got a feeling that us Christians are looking so much like the world that the world is looking for the answer that we have, but we don't look like we have the answer. And we do. And when they see us, the Bible says we should be salt. That when they see us, they should get thirsty for the Lord. That's somebody that's parched, that, that is dying, and they say, I don't know what you got, but I want it. Amen, church? First John says this, you little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them, but we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Can I help us today? The Lord is helping us. That this world, the more evil that's, uh, there's always been evil, but the more that participate in evil, the more you're going to shine like a sun. The son of God, the presence of God in you, you're going to shine. Because the Holy Spirit is going to help us. Let me give you the fourth thing. The fourth thing is follow God's presence. Would you stand, please? It's amazing 
the second reference to Obed-Edom. After David came back the second attempt, he, he heard about the blessing on Obed-Edom's house. He knew the importance of the presence of God. So he came back. This time he had researched, and he came back with Levites. And they carried the ark like God had told them to carry the ark, with poles and the Levites, and only the Levites were to carry the ark. And this time David came back and he'd done it right. He treated it as holy. And the ark was taken from Obed-Edom's house. The interesting thing, there's so much interesting about this story, but this is huge to me. In the text I read you, it said Obed-Edom the Gittite. He was born a Philistine. He was from the same town as Goliath. It's very possible that when David won that battle against Goliath with the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the wager was, ever who wins, the others will serve you. So it's most likely it was at that time that Obed-Edom came into the land of Israel because David won that battle. And he's, he's lived in the land of Israel as a foreigner, but a worshiper of God. It's apparent because of the blessings. God wouldn't have blessed his house if he hadn't done these things. And so when David took him, first of all, it's amazing that the ark would have gone to his house because the only ones that could minister before the Lord were Levites. And it's amazing that the ark went to his house to begin with and more so that God blessed him. But when David took the ark the correct way, and brought it back to Jerusalem in a tent that he set up, David reestablished the worship of the Lord at the tent with the presence of God, with the ark of God. And he reestablished the gatekeepers, the worshipers, the priests, who were all to be Levites. They're the only ones that God ordained to minister before his presence. But it's amazing where we find Obed-Edom again. First Chronicles says this, these divisions of the gatekeepers corresponding to their chief men had duties just as their brothers did, ministering in the house of the Lord, verse 15, Obed-Edom's came out for the south and to his sons was allotted the gatehouse, the treasury of the Lord that Obed-Edom, this Philistine by birth, was able to minister unto the Lord with the Levites. That's amazing. And not only him, but all of his sons, all of his kids, ministering before the Lord. He didn't come from the right place. He was not to be considered. But aren't you thankful that the presence of the Lord is no respecter of persons like we've studied last week. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't judge you like other people do, that you're not qualified? 
Ah, oh, you'll never be able to do that. You'll ne- it doesn't matter what men say. It doesn't matter what labels they put on you. That God's presence is the qualifier. And if your heart is open and you, you do these things, you welcome him, you honor him, you do these things, it's amazing how he takes you in and uses you in ways that you could never be used. and You never could think that you would be used. And this whole house is there ministering before the Lord. See, he fell in love with God's presence. And he followed God's presence. His family followed God's presence, and he ministered before the Lord. God wants that for your house. God wants your family serving the Lord. The Bible says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Are you willing to follow the Lord? Are you willing to do all of these things to make a place of blessing? We understand we don't do it for the blessing. It's just an outcome. God doesn't owe us anything, does he? But when we do it his way, it just flows. And you have to understand, God wants to bless your house. Yeah, you've, you've made some mistakes. Yeah, you've done some things that wasn't honoring to the Lord. Yeah, you know, there's been some outcome, but it's never too late to do it the right way and allow God's presence to show up and make your house a place of blessing, to make your marriage a place of blessing, to make your kids the the anointing of the Lord to reside on their lives for them to be blessed. Amen. Would you bow your head, please? Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, we are encouraged by Obed-Edom. Lord, he did not belong in the place of blessing, but you took him in. I don't believe, I don't belong. I don't belong in the place of blessing, but you took me in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Holy Spirit, move Move, move. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to wait just a moment. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do some specific things. He wants to work in the details today. Ask him to speak to you. Will you do that? Speak to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anointing on your house. Anointing on your marriage. If you have kids by you, grandkids by you, will you reach out and grab a hold of them? If you have a parent here, Young folks, would you go to your parent, grandparent? Oh, thank you, Lord. Go to your family, that's fine. Thank you, Jesus. If you see a young person that doesn't have anybody with them, go to them. They could be a spiritual son, spiritual daughter to you. You are doing this. This is symbolic of your 
everything. I think a dad, mom would say, this is my everything right here. And if God, if you will bless them, I'll be blessed. If you give them favor, husbands, will you join hands with wives? I want somebody to begin praying over that house. Would you do that? Would you begin praying over those kids, those grandkids, yourself? I'm going to pray in a moment. Husbands, pray over your marriage. Pray over your family. Wives, if you're here, you can do that. Pray. Grandparents, you can do that. Pray. Make sure that there's a place for the presence of the Lord. Welcome Him. Welcome Him in your life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you want our house to be blessed, everything that we have to be blessed as we honor you. Father, we just rebuke the devourer. You do that in the name of Jesus. Those attacks that we've already prayed against, Lord God, cover our families. Cover our children. Cover our children. Cover our grandchildren. Father God, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for your blessing. And we rebuke the lie that there's anything other than blessings from the Lord. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that lie. That there's nothing, there's blessings in the Lord when we do it your way, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. When um, Patty was young, I, I didn't get permission to share this story, so y'all pray for me. But if I remember correctly, when you were young, you had a fear of God calling you to Africa. Is that correct? To the headhunters, yeah. <laughs> that she was concerned that if she followed God's path, that God would call her to, <laughs> to the headhunters. For real. Wow. I'm scared of the little pygmies. The headhunters. And I just, God brought that to my memory. I've probably only heard that maybe one or two times uh, in our whole marriage. And that, I think God brought that to my mind. That I believe somebody is afraid that the Lord would have you do something that you don't want to do. Would you bow your head just for a moment? You are afraid that the Lord would have you to do something that you don't want to do. And I'm telling you, whatever God has for you, he's going to put a heart's desire in you. He's going to give you the want to. You're going to be chomping at the bit to do it. So don't allow the devil to, to trip you up on that. If that's you, no shame. Would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Yes. Who else? You don't have to be afraid. Who else? Anyone else? Yes, you can put your hand down. God's got it for you, son. Who else? Thank you, Lord. Ah, it's going to be wonderful. When you think about what God's called you to do, you're going to smile. And I pray that for them, Lord God. I pray you put a burning desire in their hearts to do whatever you call them to do without fear. 
And I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that they burn. They would be like Jeremiah that said, if I don't preach, it's like a fire in me. And Lord God, it would be a burning desire to do whatever you call them to do. And I thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. I think that just hit. And I thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Oh, man, isn't God good to us? Man. Some of you, when you get home, the Lord may say, okay, I need you to do some rearranging. (laughs) There's some clutter here that I need you to set some things right to where I want it. And I encourage you, don't hold back. Man, whatever it is, he'll let you know. And all you're doing, you understand, you're just making room for him. Now, I'm not talking about wives telling your husband to move the couch. I'm really, I'm talking about those things that are not holy unto the Lord. Those things that are hindering your walk with the Lord. Whatever that is, allow God to lead you. You will not regret it. You'll see blessings that flow in your house. Let me bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.